Today on Rooted Daily, we give you some Bible principles to be more productive. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about what the Bible says about being productive. And this is such a interesting topic because if you look through scripture, you aren't going to find any of the self-help mantras or corporate buzzwords that make up the modern discussion of productivity. You won't find any discussion of how to get organized or maximize your time. In fact, it seems the Bible de-emphasizes those modern day virtues. And as much as I like to stay organized, I have to recognize that is not the Bible's focus. Now, the Bible contains the objective truth about every aspect of our lives, and that includes a great amount of detail about how we work and how we live our lives. But the Bible's description of what productive work looks like is vastly different from what our society says productivity looks like. You know, while society says that we should do everything we can to put money in the bank, the Bible tells us there's greater treasures we can pursue. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, while society tells us that we should be productive for a sense of fulfillment, the Bible says our work is always about glorifying God. Paul writes in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And while society says that worship is something we can block out for a couple of hours on Sunday, the Bible tells us that worship is not just an activity we plan ahead of time, but a lifestyle that we live. You know, just a few verses earlier, Paul writes, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, our work is important to God, not because it puts money in the bank or, or makes us feel fulfilled, but because through our work, we glorify and praise and give thanks to God. And the Bible is full of principles that describe how we can do just that. You know, first, the Bible shows us that God made us to be productive on the earth. That was his intention in creating us. You know, of course, hard labor entered the world when sin did. But before that, God still crafted mankind to be productive stewards of the earth. In Genesis 1.28, God said to Adam and to Eve, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, maybe that doesn't sound like a productive day at the office today, but it is God's clear command that we would take care of his creation. And the command remains today. God insists that we are productive stewards of his creation, whether that's working in the fields or glorifying him in an office or anything in between. The second principle we can learn is Jesus demands results from our work. We don't work for work's sake. We work to get results. Jesus told us, as recorded in John 15, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, 
as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me, Jesus says. We must bear fruit. That is how we glorify God. And if we aren't bearing fruit, then we aren't connected to the true vine of Christ. And this isn't about some easy metric that we can track. If attendance is down, it doesn't necessarily mean a church isn't bearing fruit. Same thing for churches as or Christians as individuals. Sometimes we may not even see the fruit that is resulting from our fellowship with Christ, but we are promised that there are some objective observations we can make that will let us know that we're on the right track. In his first epistle, John expounds on this principle from Jesus, writing in 1 John 1, 6, If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If you then go on to read the rest of John's letter, you'll see that he mentions that walking in the light includes and requires loving others, loving God, and keeping God's commands. Those are objective observations that we can make to know that we are bearing fruit. If we can't make those observations of our own lives, then we're walking in darkness. We're lying to ourselves and we're not living out the truth. If we have been working and it hasn't been producing the results that God expects, it may be time to reevaluate. You know, God expects our work to be productive and that requires us to adapt and devote ourselves to living out God's plan rather than our own. Third, the Bible shows us that no matter how organized we get or how much we accomplish, our work cannot be productive if it is not focused on and guided by Jesus. Jesus continues in John 15 to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Everything we do, should be for the glory of God. And anything we do outside of that purpose is pointless. You know, we really need to wrap our mind around that reality. We can read every self-help book, listen to every business podcast, whatever, and it will all be futile unless it points back to the word of God. I'm leading a class on Ecclesiastes right now, Wednesday nights, and this is Precisely the message Solomon begins his book with. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything utterly is utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come, generations go, but the earth remains forever. He writes, the sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. And all streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing. The ear never has its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. 
Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations. And even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. If you can find a self-help book that starts out with anything as hopeless sounding as that first chapter of Ecclesiastes, please send it to me. You know, the world doesn't want to hear this message. They want to think that they can make meaning for their life. But Solomon, with all of his wisdom and with all of his wealth and with all of his power, realized it simply isn't possible on our own. Even the greatest men die. They're forgotten. Even the largest fortunes are squandered by those who inherit it. And all of our work results in nothing. That is, as long as we're trying to be productive on our own. But for Christians, we don't have to settle for that fate. Our efforts can be productive, but they have to rely on Christ. As Jesus told his disciples back in John 15, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Remember that God made you to be productive. And the Son of God demands that your work yields results. But that is only possible when we work in the name of Jesus. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey there, thank you for listening through this episode of Rooted Daily. We think it's so important that you grow with Christ continually, using the Word of God as your only foundation. That's why we release these episodes every weekday so that you can root yourself daily in the Bible. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you don't miss us. And if you think a friend would benefit from hearing this good news, hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready now to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com.